So what I will do is uh, build on uh, my research, uh, you know, this, you know, going on at present uh, for quite some time, uh, and really address, uh, use this time to address uh, one question, which is, uh, is the emerging market story over, or where is it headed? Uh, and I think, uh, you know, if you look at uh, one of the most important questions, certainly if you look at uh, uh, Wall Street Journal, FD, and the like, uh, one of the most important questions in the minds of investors, uh, corporations, uh, is really, in fact, uh, was the emerging market story of the last 20, 30 years uh, basically a flash in the pan? Uh, is it over? Uh, and in fact, is it time to get back uh, to the apparent safety and prosperity of the developed markets? And I think, uh, in some sense, uh, there are strong reasons that support uh, these concerns, uh, because the headwinds that emerging markets face uh, are quite obvious and quite severe. Uh, uh, this will be, 2015 will be the fifth consecutive year of slowing growth uh, in emerging markets. Uh, the days of breakneck uh, uh, growth in China are absolutely over. They're gone for good. Uh, the commodity super cycle has come to an end, and to the extent that many emerging markets, uh, economies uh, were driven uh, by uh, commodities, uh, they get affected by the end of the commodity super cycle. Global volatility on many fronts is making investors look for safe havens. Uh, given the strength combined with the strength of the US dollar, which means that this you know, 2015 will be the first year after the 1980s, uh, that net capital outflows from emerging markets will exceed uh, net cap uh, capital inflows into the emerging markets. And of course, all of that is leading to a significant depreciation uh, of the currencies of at least some of the big emerging economies. Uh, Russia and Brazil, just over the last 18 months, have seen their currencies vis-a-vis uh, -vis the US dollar depreciate by over 40%. Uh, Malaysia and uh, South Africa has, have seen their currencies depreciate by over 20%. Uh, so all of these are actually hard data, uh, which uh, are behind the concerns, uh, behind the question about is the emerging market story over. That said, of course, we need to keep in mind that, you know, just like uh, the, uh, the, the weather watcher, uh, the casino gambler, or the Wall Street uh, investor, uh, that current events are not necessarily uh, much of a guide to longer-term trends. They may be, so I just mean not necessarily. And so therefore, what one needs to look at is uh, to look at the emerging market story, both more broadly in the context of the global economy, but also what's happening to the underlying structure of emerging economies. So if you look more broadly at the global economy, and we look at the developed uh, uh, countries, developed markets, Clearly, the U.S. remains very robust, but other major chunks of the developed economies, in particular Europe and Japan, uh, continue to face rather severe headwinds. If you look at emerging economies, any country uh, that has been a commodity supplier, a uh, commodity exporter, uh, is in deep trouble. But at the same time, countries that largely have been commodity importers, in particular China and India, the two biggest emerging markets, actually benefit uh, from the end of the commodity super cycle. Uh, so therefore, you know, if we look at that, uh, that the challenges in some of the emerging, in some of the developed, big developed economies, but at the same time, some of the 
let's say, the positive implications of the end of the commodity super cycle for some of the big emerging economies. Uh, you know, and that's part and parcel of, for example, the following trend is that notwithstanding taking into account currency depreciation that has taken place, if you look at IMF data that from 2014 to expectations for 2015, or every year from 2010 to now, or every year from 1980 to now, uh, the share of emerging economies in global GDP has been increasing. In 2000, emerging economies made up about 21% of global GDP. Uh, 2015, they're expected to make up, just 15 years later, about between 39 to 40% of global GDP. IMF forecasts are that by 2025, uh, emerging economies are likely to make up almost half of world GDP. So, so therefore, you know, those are important numbers. And once again, it's important that we are looking at those numbers, or we should look at, uh, we, with that, that those numbers are taking into account what's happened to the currencies of uh, some of the big emerging economies. The other important aspect of emerging economies is to look at really the underlying structure uh, and how that underlying structure today uh, is similar or different to the underlying structure of 10, 15, 20 years back. And in fact, uh, is that a cyclical process or that basically is a secular trend? So, you know, to uh, look at some of the major uh, structural aspects, number one, the population of emerging economies is young. That by itself uh, matters only, but it matters more if we look at some of the other aspects that I just talked in a moment. Uh, is that, and you know, with Africa's population or Africa's, uh, the median age, uh, for example, is 10 years younger uh, than world average. Uh, India's uh, population is about 20 years younger than Europe or Japan. Uh, and so, but this young population actually is increasingly getting connected, uh, mobile broadband. And this connectivity means that this young population is getting more literate, uh, obviously getting better informed, uh, is more ambitious and more entrepreneurial and has more faces, more opportunities. This young population also is increasingly more urban. Another structural change is that while the state hasn't withered away, uh, the power of the state, the role of the state, uh, today in most emerging economies is way down as compared to 15 years back and actually is becoming weaker. And the logic of the market uh, is actually gathering a greater force. Uh, and so, you know, and then we look at governance, we look at infrastructure, uh, you know, as somebody whose roots are in India, uh, the last thing that one would claim is that governance and infrastructure problems have been solved. Uh, but at the same time, the is uh, governance and infrastructure on virtually every continent, including sub-Saharan Africa, including countries like Nigeria, uh, for example, Kenya, uh, South Africa, is governance and infrastructure today, compared to 15 years back, is it better? Uh, so therefore, you know, and, and so, 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 so if you look at uh, the population uh, in terms of its demographics, if you look at connectivity, if you look at literacy, we look at, you know, uh, how informed uh, the young people are, the opportunities that they have, uh, the role of the state versus the market, uh, trends in governance and infrastructure, 
He said, those are the kinds of structural changes uh, that are taking place in emerging economies. And so obviously, looking ahead to the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, uh, we can take it for granted that not every emerging economy will make it. Uh, they will be, just like Greece, among the developed economies, there will be some uh, that get trapped uh, uh, where they are. There will be some other emerging markets uh, that will move far too slowly. But as an aggregate, is there reason to believe that emerging markets will continue to grow uh, economically at two to three times the pace of the developed markets? And, and my answer there would be yes. Uh, just you know, quickly in terms of what are the takeaways uh, for companies, and I you know uh, kind of pick five uh, as the top takeaways. Number one, obviously, is to protect and defend your position in the home markets. And if you're talking about Western multinationals, uh, that to protect your position. Because uh, to play the emerging market game, you will need cash flow and you will need technological strengths. Uh, and so therefore, you need uh, that strength in the home markets. Number two, uh, do not bet on any one emerging market, be that China or India. Spread your bets across at least several of the big ones. Number three, obviously, play the long game uh, and not get kind of swayed by short-term turbulence. Uh, 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 turbulence. Number four is to obviously, if that's uh, what I advocate, you need to build deep rather than shallow knowledge uh, of emerging markets. Last but not least, obviously, watch your back uh, because there are competitors uh, that are emerging, uh, that are coming from, uh, from emerging markets. And some of those competitors may actually be bigger uh, than you, uh, and they may be more ambitious than you, uh, and they may actually be faster moving than you. Uh, and so therefore, watch them. And it could even be that some of them are actually partners uh, with you, potential partners with you uh, in playing the emerging market game. Thank you for listening. That was a Thinkers 50 podcast. Thinkers 50 podcasts are produced by KDH Creative.